This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode number 14. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now your host, Kristen Trumpy. Hello, hello. Today we're going to talk about money and its relationships to happiness. And maybe I should have recorded this episode a week before because it was Black Friday just now. Sorry, dear listeners from the US, if this is too late for you. However, it is right before the craziness of Christmas shopping starts. So I thought it would make sense to discuss what money has to do with happiness. It's not about how to make more money but how you can spend the money that you have in a way that makes you happier than the way you were with your previous habits or the habits that you have right now. So the research I'm talking about comes from Elizabeth Dunn, um, and she's written a book called Happy Money, which I can recommend to anybody who wants to go into these topics in a little bit more depth. Now, there are some general research findings, and One important one is that when people are asked how happy they are, um, they would be, sorry, how happy they would be if they would achieve certain income levels. Um, So that would be like, okay, imagine how happy you would be if you made $50,000 a year. And then think about how happy you would be if you made $80,000 a year. And then maybe $100,000 a year. So rate how happy you'd be. And think about this right now for yourself. How happy would you be if you would earn, let's say, 30% more than you're earning right now, um, 50% more, uh, 80% more, and even 100% more than you're earning right now? So what do you think? Do you think you will be happier? Well, the thing is that when people are asked how happy they will be, they always overestimate it. So... Chances are that even you, when you were thinking about this, would actually rate yourself as being much more happy in that future where you earn that kind of money than you would actually be if that happened. Now, how do we know that this is true? Well, they did this um, with different questionnaires and stuff, but you can also look at it in your own life. You know, Go back. It's likely that if you've been working for a while, you have experienced... Um, hopefully getting a raise every once in a while and sure in the beginning it's great but actually it kind of we kind of get used to having that money and then it's it's we're back to normal again so that's really an important thing that you don't just think like oh if if only i win the lottery i'll be happy or things like that now of course if you can't actually fulfill your basic needs so if you can't pay rent food um and just you know get stuff done without having to worry then yes in that case um money is related to happiness or the lack thereof but after a certain cutoff line after a certain amount which depends on the country you live in basically um the added happiness does not, you know, the happiness levels do not keep up with the increases in income, all right? That means that um, you don't get proportionally more happy the more you earn. 
That's true if you have very little money, but after a certain level, it's not true anymore. So another interesting thing that they discovered is that when people received money unexpectedly, so they would just give them, you know, five bucks or 20 bucks, weirdly enough, it didn't make any difference how much they were given. So people were exactly as happy. The people who got five bucks rated themselves to be exactly as happy as the people who received 20 bucks. Now, I don't know if this were true, if we would say like, you know, one receives five and the other receives 100 or 1,000. Um, I'm not aware of any research there, but at least when it comes to smaller amounts, it doesn't seem to make a huge bit difference. Another thing they found was that happier people were more likely to spend their money for others. Now, while more money does not automatically make you happier, the researchers who did this, these experiments, they suggest that if money is spent wisely, it can actually help to increase happiness. And Elizabeth Dunn and her co-workers, they came up with five principles, which we will go into right now. The five principles are about experiences, making it a treat, buying time, pay now and consume later, and spending on others, okay? So buying experiences, that's the first principle. So what is this about? Well, I have a question for you. If you think about the year 2010, what can you remember buying in 2010? I don't know about you, but I literally don't remember a single thing. What about you? Now think about what experience can you remember from 2010? If I think about it, I have distinct memories from my first trip to Brazil. That year, um, we went walking in the rainforest. Um, I was, they forced me to fish for piranhas and I was hoping all the time that I wouldn't catch one because I didn't want to kill it. And I got eaten up by the mosquitoes, which were really excited to dig into foreign European flesh. Um, What else happened that year? I remember there was the World Cup, the soccer football World Cup in South Africa. And I remember how the team, the South African team came, you know, they got out of the bus and they just started dancing and they were so happy just to even be there. And if I think about it, you know, I can think of many more experiences from that year but I can't really remember things that I bought the only things I can remember that I bought they're all linked to the experiences that I talked about so I remember like buying a t-shirt in Brazil uh, as a souvenir but that's it so the problem with stuff is this you get used to it at the beginning it's awesome but then it just becomes routine when is the last time you thought you truly enjoy wearing using or driving something that you bought one year ago. Think about it. Really, try to think about it right now. When is the last time that you were sitting in a car, for example, and thinking, this car, which is at least one or two years old, it's awesome to drive this car, or it's awesome to wear this purse, which I bought over a year ago. When's the last time you thought about this? The thing is that experiences, on the other hand, they don't get old that fast unless it's a routine like going to the gym or seeing 
17 concerts of the same band. Now, there are some objects which actually enable experiences. So they're a little bit of a mix. So for example, a book is an object, but reading it, it is an experience. And the same is true for a DVD. And I'm sure you can also come up with other examples I did, but they're not suitable for this podcast. So filling up your wardrobe, your room, your garage with stuff actually takes money away that you need to live a more memorable life. And with memorable, I mean a life that you actually can remember when you look back uh, one, five years, ten years from now. The next one is making it a treat. What thing do you like, but maybe do too much of? The treat, what they mean here, making it a treat, means that sometimes if we do things too often we reduce its enjoyment. So for me, for example, it's eating out. It's not cheap here either. So if I make a point of reducing the times I eat out, not only do I make it more special when I go and eat out, I actually have more money and that will help. Then I can put that towards having other experiences that I like. The third principle is buying time. Now, what do you think about, you know, chasing coupons? Are you the kind of person who would drive one hour to get a free pizza? If cutting out coupons is really something that makes you happy, then, you know, by all means, continue doing it. But actually, sometimes... While if the savings are significant, it might make sense to do this. And I'm not arguing that in every instance we should go for the decision that makes us happier. The argument here is basically that you have a different way of evaluating your decisions. So sometimes you might still go with the way you did things up until you knew this information. But at least now you have an alternative. So, think about this coupon business. Is it really worth it? If it is, if you save significant amounts of money, if, you, if the cost of getting that saving does not, you know, does not reduce the, sa- the actual savings to a significant degree, then yeah, it might be worth it. But otherwise, maybe not. Think about how much you would pay to get out of doing something you really don't want to do. And nowadays, we actually live in a time where we have services like, for example, odesk.com, where you can actually outsource some things to a freelancer who might be more happy than you to do certain things that you really don't want to do. Or maybe you don't even have to buy yourself out of things you don't want to do. Maybe it's just a question of being able to say no more frequently to things that you are you don't enjoy because having time that we can decide over freely is a significant predictor of how happy we are. So if you're lucky enough to be able to take unpaid vacations at work or 
get some kind of bonus and your company offers cash or time, taking off time should actually make you happier. Now, if you're in debt or you have some emergency, obviously, it's not about what makes you happier. It's about what needs to be done. But if there's no pressure like that, it might make sense to go for the time off. Because that's, again, something that you can not only enjoy while it's happening, but you can enjoy it many, many times afterwards when you remember it. Okay? So, I don't know about you, but maybe you think, well, buying time sounds like something that's only available to people who are really well off. But actually, if you know, let's say a year in advance, that you can that you want to go on vacation, on an unpaid vacation for a week, if you budget for it for 12 months, it might suddenly be possible. And this principle might apply to stuff that you're doing anyway. Like, for example, if you book an airline ticket with less stopovers, that buys you time. And that time that you actually get, you can maybe use more productively to actually then have more experiences in that other country that you're going to. So in which areas of your life could you buy time or even get it for free by saying no? Think about that. The next principle is about is called pay now, consume later. Now, all these buy now, pay later deals are not just really bad news for your wallet. They are, by the way, because... If you, you have to think that you have to add like the 15% or whatever, however high the interest rate is that you pay to the price that you are already paying for whatever it is. So if you get like a $1,000 computer, um, it's not $1,000. If you pay it off in, in one year and it has 15%, it's $1,150. And if, it has, if you pay it off in two years, it's $1,300. So maybe that deal is not so sweet anymore. But it's also really bad for your happiness because people who constantly worry about being in debt and having to pay back, that really puts a dent on your happiness. Whenever we hand over our hard-earned cash, we feel that what experts call the pain of paying. It's like literally that feeling that it just sucks. You know, it just sucks to, to hand over your money. So if you pay now, you suffer the pain of paying now. And when you experience or consume whatever it is later, you kind of divorce those two experiences. So you don't have the pain of paying messing with the happiness of attending a cool event. So that's why they say it's actually better if you pay early and the added bonus is that if you pay early enough one part of your brain actually thinks you got it for free even though another part of your brain knows exactly that this is not true so it might sound weird but one way you could do this would be to get yourself gift cards for stores you like Um, that way you buy and then get a spike of enjoyment every time you use it. And it's, of course, also helpful for actual budgeting. But that's, you know, just on the side. So the earlier you pay for something, the more likely it is that you will feel like you have just received a gift. 
which is true. It's actually a gift from your past self. Now, the final principle is invest in others. Now, what does that mean? People constantly thought when they were asked what would make you the happiest, spending money on yourself or spending money on other people like strangers or friends, they always thought it would make them happiest to spend the money on themselves. But it turns out that this was actually never true. It's not true for individuals, it's not true for teams, and it's not even true for organizations. So we should really think about giving gifts maybe a little bit more often. Now, if we give gifts, they found that it makes people happier if they give the gift to someone they are close to, which sounds, you know, like common sense. However, remember that even giving stuff to total strangers made people actually happier than keeping it from themselves. You know, like $5 or something. We're not talking huge amounts, by the way. We're not talking about, you know, gifts that basically ruin you. We're talking about smaller things or things you can generally feel like you can afford. So... What they also found was that it increased the happiness if both parties were actually present when the gift was given. So instead of like mailing it through Amazon or something, people were happier if they could actually give the gift. And this was true for the person who gave the gift, but also for the person who received it because they could share their happiness. Now, the next point about investing in in other people, charities are going to love this one. In an experiment, they found that people who donated less money felt more stressed due to the shame than those who donated more. This was measured looking at the hormone cortisol. Again, this might sound like one for the rich folks, but it was shown that people at all income levels can do this. So imagine you could literally collect your pennies in a piggy bank and then spend it on a dear friend. So those were the five principles. Again, choosing experiences over things, making it a treat, buying time, pay now, consume later, and invest in others. Now, if you already use some kind of software or Excel file to budget and or track your spending, you could take just 15 minutes out of your day to check out where you can improve. And you could really, you know, write out five things you could do next week to try this out. Now, remember, chasing happiness makes it harder to get. Therefore, try to adopt the mind of a curious scientist, trying to explore the effects of certain changes um, on your spending behavior. Ask yourself how this made you feel, how it influenced your behavior, how other people reacted to you instead of did this make me happy or did this work for me, yes or no. What's important to understand is this is not just about your happiness, although it sounded all, you know, maybe like it did, but actually it's very much going to help make other people happy because, you know, one thing of the obvious one is if we invest in others. Um, they can profit from our generosity. But also, they found that people who are happier generally spend their money in a more
pro-social way, which means they give more to other people, they donate more and all that. So I really hope that now that you, before you get ready and while you actually do your Christmas shopping, when you think about what to buy your loved ones, um, think about whether it could be experiences instead of stuff. Think about if you can pay for these things now and maybe experience them together later. If you can somehow give the gift of time in some way or the other, if you can limit yourself um, over Christmas to make some things like a treat, or maybe not over Christmas. Actually, Christmas itself is a treat because most people don't, for example, eat the stuff that they eat on Christmas. So forget about that. The limiting part is maybe before and after Christmas. And yeah, of course, the part of investing in others, that's also very, um, yeah, timely. So if you want to learn more, you can find the link to the book um, at www.strengthsphoenix.com slash 14. 14 is the number 14. Alrighty, take care and happy Christmas shopping. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with Happy Yogurt.